In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. I want to be tactful in my interactions with other people. And a man who is known as an explosive, quarrelsome leader, we call that the bully pulpit. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From Men in the Arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we we salute salute you. you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I am Jim Ramos, your host for today, along with Dale Culver, my trusty sidekick. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Did you like that? I'm your You're like Robin. my Tonto to my Lone Ranger, my Robin to the Bat. You're my Robin to my Batman. Oh, I'm just messing Tubs with you, Tubs to uh, Don Johnson. Oh, Miami <laughs> Vice. Yeah. You're my Gilligan to the Skipper. <laughs> <laughs> probably more of that. That's probably oh, more accurate man. right there. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, I'm not built like Gilligan, so let's just uh, move on there. <laughs> I have a, My ears are about as big as his. No, we have I, the big ears. I would be Gilligan. You'd be the skipper. Oh, <laughs> I was confused because you're as big as the skipper. <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh, jerk. I just uh, body, man, I, body shame. <laughs> well, you go to Planet Fitness, right? What once every two years? Oh, so. uh, they're not. Even, well, so yeah, yeah. See exactly the fact that you said that. <laughs> yeah. All right. I've got a home gym. Come on, baby. I've got a Peloton. You know. Anyway, I hit two twenty five on the bench yeah. last week fourteen times. Yeah, buddy. So my goal is twenty. But I got to back off because I might be at 30 reps here before if I go too hard. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, t- 14 reps at 225 at 55, man. So, man, I'm excited. So, I think I'm, you're I'm not getting pretty close. Your pecs right I might now, just I mean, do it. I might just do it. I'm so, hey, do you got a man law for me? I do. Uh, speaking of which, uh, guys, you, you got to take care of yourselves before you have a blowout. Oh. <laughs> so, this there's different areas of this, too. But um, some guys do way too much. And, you know, they'll talk about all the many things they're doing and serving in and all that stuff. Ah. And guys need to learn the art of saying no before you have a complete blowout. You start uh, forsaking your family. You're forsaking your health. You're stressing out because you have so many things to do. So then you start drinking too much. Um, You're just not taking care of yourself. You're not taking time off with the family, getting away, relaxing, going out and shooting something maybe. But, you know you got to learn the art of saying no so you can I, take care of yourself. I cannot believe how many people I know who were once vibrant and dynamic church leaders who are now bitter 
and will never go to church again. And they're hiding. And they're hiding, and and I, I just am I am really blown away. But there is a you alluded to this, Dale. There is a certain recipe for disaster, and I don't know if you know this. We're actually talking about that in this fifth oh. installment of the five essentials every man must possess to change his world. And I've seen this over and over again. Uh, you do know that not one man who has been my senior pastor is in ministry anymore. Well, you're kind of old too. Not one, but not one of those guys finished in ministry. They finished <laughs> yeah, other careers. It's true. So, what? Why is this happening? What is the recipe that is leading to disaster? So, I want to jump into the meat of the podcast, guys. Just to review, uh, the five essentials every man must possess to change his world is in my newest book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times. It is available right now on Amazon. Go pick it up. But, guys, even more than that, go write a review, please. That really helps us in this process. And what we've taken the the twenty qualifications for a biblical elder, which really should be. Uh, every man's goal. We've coupled them with our five essentials, and we came up with five major categories with four subcategories. And it's amazing how the Holy Spirit has wove this together. And when I go through these four today, these four things that help a man in this fifth essential of finishing strong, when I unpack these, Dale, there's nowhere else you could ever put them in these five essentials. It has to go here. And so what I want to tell you guys is this. For years... In my office was a box, and the box stood at about three feet tall. It was white. It was about, I'm going to call it eight inches across, about three inches deep, and it had in red tape across, you know, red tape across it to make sure that the box was sealed shut. And in ink, somebody had written, found next to the body. It was the box that the gun my stepfather used to kill himself was placed in. December 21st, 2012, my stepfather, for unknown reasons, took a gun that I picked out and my mom purchased when I was in middle school, maybe high school, a Remington Model 700 chambered in 270, put it under his chin and blew his head off. And so that box sits there as a reminder of a man who finished wrong and left a lot of question marks with this world instead of leaving this world with an exclamation point. And I've often asked myself, why do some men finish wrong and others finish strong? And it is not random. There is a recipe. And when I speak on this, I travel on the country. I was just in Alabama speaking on this exact topic when I speak about this fifth aspect, this fifth essential of manhood, I speak with a chip on my shoulder because I'm so tired of men finishing wrong and leaving this life with a ellipsis or a question mark or a dash or a comma instead of leaving the world the way God intended it with an exclamation point. You know, in John 19.30, Jesus left this world with an exclamation mark. He left with a scream. In fact, we, we have a Bible we sell, Life Essential Study Bible, and when Gene Getz put this beautiful Bible out with 1,500 QR codes of videos, I love the Bible because John 19.30 was an exclamation point. And so we've been buying these books from Gene forever, and we've stopped buying them because they went from their Holman Christian Standard Version to the Christian Standard Version, and there's no exclamation mark in the Bible. 
So last night, you watched me do it. A guy pulled out his Bible. I will go, give me a pin. And I, t- I just took the pin, turned to John 19.30, and I put an exclamation point there. Because I will not put my name on a Bible, will not put my stamp of approval behind a Bible unless there's an exclamation mark, which is why I don't use NIV anymore, and which is why I use New American Standard, Holman Christian Standard. I think English Standard Version has it. New Living Translation has it. If there is no exclamation point, I will not use that Bible because it shows a Jesus who, yes, he finished rightly, but he didn't finish with a war cry. He finished with a whimper. He finished with a moan. And I don't believe that's how Jesus finished. The Bible is very clear to say, and with a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. What was that voice he said? What did he say? He screamed, it is finished, in a, in a way that would make Braveheart. In fact, you, when you get strong men, dangerous times, I'll be really honest with you, the best chapter of the book is the last chapter. <laughs> I'm telling you, the book finishes with an exclamation point. And I thought about writing my next book, first, the last chapter first. So I make sure that the last chapter is the best because I want to finish everything strong. So let's let's unpack this. This is really important. And Dale, this is such good stuff. I love this stuff because I believe that these four things found in the pastoral epistles that are the tw- part of the 20 qualifications of a biblical elder, these four things, without these four things, a man will never finish strong. So men, listen up. Guys, I'll say one more thing. Do you want to finish strong? Men in the arena, men in the stress bubble, men raising children, loving your wife, serving in your community. How do you get through the stress bubble in one piece? Do you know uh, it's like 69% of our followers right now are in the stress bubble? We target you guys. I'm on the other side of it, man. It's Dude, guys, it is awesome on the other side. <laughs> it is awesome. But I have a desire, a deep passion to help you guys in the bubble. So everything we do is to help you. So do you want to finish strong in your life? Or do you want to finish wrong in your life? Do you want to be remembered with a question mark or an exclamation point? I'm going to tell you how to do it right now. You ready? Finish today strong. And when I mean today strong, I mean from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock. From the time you get home to the time those kids are in bed, you are in your strong finish mode. You do that today and tomorrow and every day of your life compounded over time, and you will finish strong. It's really that simple. So I'm going to unpack these four of the 20 qualifications for a biblical elder we're going to start, and again, guys, if you don't have these four, you're not going to finish wrong. You're going to finish strong, wrong instead of strong. First Timothy 3, 7. Dale, do you have that? He must also have a good reputation with outsiders. So the word that we have here is reputable, and if you, if you catch that verse, guys, it's reputable with people outside of the church. And I think, honestly, Dale, I think this is where pastors fail, is our, all of our relationships are limited to within the church. And as pastors, we have to get out there, and we have to be known by our community. There is nothing—listen, here's the first assessing statement. There is nothing in my private life that could cause embarrassment to me or my family or if it became public. So when we talk about reputable guys, we're not just talking about your public life. We're talking about your private life. Guys, is there anything in your private life? that could cause public shame and embarrassment to you and those you love. D.L. Moody once said, integrity is who you are in the dark. Assessment number two, 
Those who know me best respect me the most. In other words, talking about your family and your good friends, if you are not respected in your own household, that tells me that you've got a reputation problem. Guys, if your reputation is shamed or tarnished, you will not. That's a, that's already heading down a destructive, wrong finish. We have to fix our reputations. The next one is in First Timothy chapter three, verse two, and Titus chapter one, verse eight. Remember, guys, we're talking about the pastoral epistles, so you should know what that is right now. It's First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus. Dale, what's it say? Now seeing the overseer must be above reproach. Above reproach. So this is what we call wise. Making wise decisions. I heard a story of a custodian who was cleaning the church at night. I I know this guy. He walked into the pastor's office to clean it and to shut it down. He noticed the light was on. He walked in at 9 o'clock at night. The pastor was in there, closed door, closed windows, closed blinds, with a woman who is not his wife in a, quote, staff meeting. Do you think that pastor was wise, Dale? Not, not particularly. Do you no. know a couple of years later that pastor had to resign his position for a moral failure? So, so are you wise, guys? Are you making wise choices? Are you above reproach? Uh, I am not personally opposed to having a drink of beer, let's say. But I'm not going to go to a public restaurant and have a beer in a place where I think somebody would stumble. I'm not, I'm not going to have a meeting with a person who would uh, potentially tarnish my reputation. I want to handle my money in a way that is wise. Are you living your life above reproach? Does your tax attorney or does your CPA respect you, <laughs> you know, because of your wise choices? So here are the two assessing statements here. People often come to me for advice. If you are a wise man, a man who is above reproach, people will want to know what you have to say. Number two, I seek the advice from people I trust before making a big decision. I know some guys, Dale, that this is a pretty typical of wealthy guys that will just make a decision. Everybody else has to kind of come along board. And my thought is, why not seek the advice of your team members and then make a decision based on a conglomeration of wisdom instead of just your wisdom? Right. Do you know what I'm saying? And so this is really important. So guys, are you wise? Without wisdom, you won't finish strong. Without a good reputation, you won't finish strong. I mean, think about this. Yeah. These are things that, you know, uh, I know a guy who recently went to jail for something. He swears he was innocent. But on the outside, he looks guilty. Mm-hmm. And so if you look guilty and you act guilty and the people say that you're guilty... You're guilty. The perception of evil is evil. Yes. So we want to avoid any perception of evil. The next uh, word in our four for today comes under 1 Timothy 3.3 and Titus 1.7. Not quarrelsome. So when we have not quarrelsome, you know, that's the guy, and, and I've been sharing this lately. I've been wrestling a little bit in my life with being frustrated and angry, and and those, when I when I come across that way, I am not, and here's the word, tactful. I I want to be tactful in my interactions with other people. I want to be strategic, right? I want to I want to come into the situation instead of blowing it up, which is kind of my default. <laughs> I want to be tactful in my interactions with other people. And a man who is known as an explosive, quarrelsome leader, we call that the bully pulpit. 
I mean, I think if there's a guy up in Seattle who got removed from a huge ministry because he was a pulpit bully. Mm. He wasn't tactful. There's another guy in Texas I can think of right now that it, I, it's only a matter of time. You know, you can't keep blowing your people up and expect to stay in control. Once you start getting some peacemakers on your board instead of a bunch of gutless, coward peacekeepers, you're going to be gone. We have to be tactful. Abraham Lincoln once said, you can see the true quality of a man by how he deals with people he has authority over or how he deals with the powerless. Are you going to be tactful or are you going to be a bully? Mm. Here are the two assessing statements. I try to make peace when a conflict begins rather than welcoming a fight. You know, I know those guys that want to go out in attack mode and brawl and knock. I'm going to win. Well, it's easy to win. We live in an over-intellectualized society where the power of the mind is far supersedes the power of the body. So I see these wimpy little tiny men and women, tiny physically, tiny figuratively, that use their intellectual their knowledge and their words and their vocabulary, their vernacular to bully other people. Because they know that if you punch them in the face, they just made a million dollars. <laughs> and so I'm just saying, so we live in a world where the bully today is not the schoolyard bully. It's a little teeny guy who's over-intellectualized, which is really one of the problems in the church, is we've over-intellectualized our leaders and they are men who stand in the pulpits who nobody else will follow, and that's why their churches are filled with women, and that's why they target their budgets towards women and children, because men will not follow them. And some of them have grown huge ministries, but they've targeted children and women, because they're, they're guys who are over... Anyway, I'm going to get back. You can bully women better and children and youth. You can't bully a man's man. Number two, I'm not considered to be argumentative. Again, this goes back to being tactful. If you're always the guy who's brawling, if people... Here's the problem with that, bro. People will not come to you and share what they see as a blind spot because they're afraid you're going to blow them up because the argumentative man is the prideful man. Mm. And Jesus said something about pride. What was it? Oh, what was it? The pride before the fall. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, so we have reputable, wise, tactful. The last one is 1 Timothy 3, 2. And this guy is self-controlled. So what we did here, Dale, is we called, this is the, the word we used is balanced. Are you balanced? So here are the two assessing statements for balance. Number one, I rarely overcommit myself. Never. Which is the problem with the, with the magnum guys in the church, right? Everybody wants a piece of them. But a man, I just ran into a guy the other day who's a magnum Christian man. Like, like I mean, this guy's a stud. And he was saying, man, I haven't had a day off in seven months. And I was like, bro, epic fail. Your career is not worth your marriage. It's not worth your health. It's not worth your kids. It is not worth it. Just say no. Just say no. Number mm-hmm. two, I regularly make time to regroup, reflect, and refresh. Do you regularly do that, guys? Do you have time every day? For me, it's 5 in the morning to 7.30. I mean, I'm reading my Bible. I'm reading a, a book that's not ministry-related. I am thinking about my life. And then I come to the office here, 
and it's on my calendar. I get to the office about 8, 8, 15, and I pray for an hour. And about 80% of that prayer time, I pray through either the Lord's Prayer or my personal vision, and 80% of that time is silence. I'm just letting God resonate His Holy Spirit with me. I'm just letting Him speak to me. And I will. you, you know how it works. I, what do I do? You know what it is. What is it? <laughs> it's the legal pad getting filled up I with I fill up the legal words. pad. Yeah, just letting God resonate with me, right? And I think that's been my go-to, buddy, that and killing things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, between hunting, which is a, a source of restoration, which is beautiful because I take my family with me whenever I go, right? Between hunting and my prayer life and my Bible time, man, my wife just knows, man, after 30 years of marriage, do not bother Jim from five, you know, I, I make her her coffee, right? But besides that, once I get the coffee from my husband, don't bother him until he gets in the shower. She can bother me when I'm in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so, so balanced. Are you balanced? So, guys, do you want to finish strong? Deal with your reputation. Make sure you're living in wisdom. Be a man who is tactful in how you handle people and live a life that is balanced. Dale, that was good. That was That's good, good stuff. Good Take stuff. us home, brother. Man, we want you to head on over to our website at meninthearena.org and grab your free electronic version of Jim's book. Until next time, fill the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.